are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Friday. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. I was listening to a lot of uh, John Schuster lived the entire Dick Tomey slash Larry Smith slash Jim Young slash Tony Mason slash, I think, right at the tail end of the Pop McHale era. Yeah, me and Pop and Fred Ank. Yeah. We hang out. We hung out quite a bit. Fair enough. Me and Pop and Freddie. They called him Freddie. On a serious note, though, I want to talk about, and I'm, we're going to spend this whole show. I was the oldest one there, by the yeah, way. Yeah, as you were. I always, by the way, would always crack me up when Kevin Woodman would make fun of your age, and I think Kevin's older than you, or like you're like the same <laughs> yeah, age. Yeah, he's like 14 like a, months younger. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, same yeah. thing. Same yeah. thing. Okay. But something that's really been in my craw lately mm. is that people are now, and I've had to listen to this up close for quite a while now. People are now misremembering the Dick Tomey era, and I think that we need to spend a little bit of time talking about this. Now, first and foremost, in hindsight, Dick Tomey looks fantastic. Dick Tomey looks like, well, let's be honest. I mean, Dick. If, I think if anybody could replicate Dick Tomey's success for the next 10 years that he had in the 90s, you would take that in a heartbeat. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Even without the Rose Bowl, if you could have two top 10 finishes and generally be competitive. Oddly enough, I actually don't entirely agree with you. All right, you well, go ahead. But generally... No, no, but, pop okay. it. No, right. no, no. And, and it's something that we talked about on one of the podcasts a few, a few uh, years days ago. ago. A few years ago, yeah. When I was on the pop, when I was on the pop podcast right. with Pop and Freddie. Uh, and, and it was the discussion about Wildcat Fan. And how Wildcat fan expects something bad to happen because they've never won the conference championship. Mm-hmm. And so even though we think, because we've seen the frustration of Arizona football post Tomy, that we'd take the Tomy era, mm-hmm. the fan base would take the Tomy era, right. I'm not entirely convinced that's true. I think they're always going to expect more, which isn't, there's... There's reality, and then there, you know, and, and then there's dreamland. Is it bad to dream? Is mm-hmm. it bad bad to have high expectations? No. Um, is it sometimes unrealistic? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think portions, significant portions of this fan base, the portions of this fan base that you hear that become vocal, may not be necessarily accepting mm-hmm. of something like what happened in the Tomy era. As much as it seems, twenty years removed from that era, that you know, it was almost the golden time of Arizona football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think fans would still have a problem with records like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd be particularly patient with what Whittingham has done at Utah, for okay. instance. Okay. Uh, because what Whittingham has done there isn't necessarily significantly different than what Tommy did here. You've made, mm-hmm. rightfully, the Utah is sort of like Tommy era, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Arizona football uh, currently. And, and, and at some point, you want to win the conference, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that still hasn't happened. So, I rambled a little bit here. I apologize for the ramble, but necessarily, I'm not sure the fan base would accept it. However, I know what you say. Mm-hmm. But it leads to, I guess, whatever's under your craw, the mythical image that has become Dick Tomey. All right. I'm going to, and keep in mind, when Dick Tomey was 2000? Yeah. I was, in, I was about a junior in high school when it happened, maybe a sophomore. I was ready for Dick Tomey to go. And I think that the majority of the city was. Now, again, it's not like it was overwhelming, but it was probably, in my opinion, it was probably about 
something like that. Now that Arizona has been total crap for essentially since Dick Tomey left, people are now, I think, misremembering a little bit about Dick Tomey. And the point here isn't to to be mean to Dick Tomey because we're actually going to give him kudos on the other side as he deserves. But anybody that comes up to you right now and is telling you about what a huge fan of Dick Tomey they were, there might be some of those people, but by and large, they're probably full of it, and it's probably revisionist history because at the end, most people were ready for him to go. This is a this is an interesting, and it's the second podcast in a row where we've mentioned our friends Kevin Woodman, and we're about to mention our friends Brad Alice. Uh, Brad Alice is one William, who William, yeah, other who people. who had uh, you know when he guested on your show with uh, Kevin Woodman at one time. I remember him saying talking about how this this very dynamic, mm-hmm. how. Arizona fans remember him as an iconic success story uh-huh. for their football program when that just wasn't the case. And, and at the time, one of the things I think was interesting, the, the great irony to me about Dick Tomey is that Dick Tomey was arguably the most polarizing coaching figure in the history of Arizona athletics. Wow, okay. And he was the last guy who ever wanted to be a polarizing figure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was just this, it was, su- it was such a bizarre time where he would, he was very open, generally speaking, engaging. Mm-hmm. He had his brown bag lunches, mm-hmm. which where anyone who wanted to could show up once a week and mm-hmm. grill Dick Tomey. You, Every time in you press conferences. It. I mean, Dick Tomey definitely knew who John Schuster was. Yeah, sure. Dick Tomey knew who Anthony Gimino was. Dick Tomey well, who knew... doesn't? Greg, that's a great point. Sure. That's a bad example. I mean, less people know who Greg Hansen is, uh, but Dick Tomey knew who Greg Hansen was. Anthony Gimino, uh, greater than uh, <laughs> Yeah, there are... He, he knew the people. He knew Gabe, who did, you know, radio mm-hmm. in the 80s uh, and into the 90s for a while. He knew, uh, you know, he knew all... He knew the Tucson media, of course. It was also a relatively smaller media group at the time. Time, and some of these people had been here for a while, but Tommy knew people in the media. And Anthony will tell you stories, uh, you know, he, uh, about how he'd come up to reporters, be pissed off at a, at a story they wrote, and then he'd storm off and never talk about it again. Uh-huh. It was out of his system, it was gone. That was one of the things that I personally liked about Tommy, uh-huh. is that he'd say, I think that was a bad story, it was written unfairly, I'm chewing you out. And then he, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. He never brought it up again. Right. And and that was and, and it was and it was it was a good lesson in terms of how not to hold a grudge. Mm-hmm. How to just get it out of your system, say say your point, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Tommy's, I think, issue with the media, generally speaking, or the fan base, probably more accurately here, is that he went out of his way to always take the blame. If, if, and, he, and it wasn't and it wasn't the token taking the blame where you're rolling your eyes and saying, basically, my guys suck. He went out of his way to say, no, this was my fault. On such and such a play, I had them diagrammed for this. He went out of his way. It wasn't a token taking the blame. It was a legitimate taking the blame. But what happened is that the fan base started to believe him. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> That's a great point. And so, and so Tommy does this, obviously, to take the bullets for his team. Okay, mm-hmm. he's going to take the brunt of the criticism, and he's going to put his team off the hook. Mm-hmm. However, what he didn't anticipate is a fan base that got so frustrated with Arizona losing games ten to nine and seven to six that they started to blame him 
for everything. Mm -hmm. And it created this weird polarizing dynamic of people who liked him and people who hated him. Right. It was it was really a lot of the tail end of the Sean Miller stuff 20 years before the Sean Miller stuff. Mm -hmm. And in an era where obviously tech was different and the way that people were able to respond was different and 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 all of that. But he was an incredibly polarizing figure in this community. Mm -hmm. You say 60-40 at the end, wanted him to go. I think Tommy knew it was time to go. You know, I think the star, not that this matters because polls are nonsense in these sorts of ways. I think the star conducted a poll and it was 55-45 or something mm -hmm. like that. He, he had folks split down the middle. Mm -hmm. There were people who loved him and there were people who could not stand him. I have a good friend who believes that Dick Tomey destroyed the football program and it will never recover no matter what happened. I can't even begin to fathom his logic on this, but I've heard this argument for 25 years. And he just says it. With this you guy, can't talk with this guy him out of it. In, would this guy live in Reno? Uh, I, I will, uh, yes. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, but... Have I not met this guy, but I want to meet this guy? I don't know who you have met and who you maybe want to meet, but I would suggest that's a possibility. Uh, but, but anyway, you're right. There was an entire group in town, a big group in town, that didn't want Tommy to be their football coach. And in fact, poor, poor phrasing. Let me backtrack there. If I recall correctly, Tommy, after a while, said, this can't be about me anymore. I need to leave because this can't be about me. Mm -hmm. So that's that's how polarizing he ultimately was. So this, and again, if you look at his record, mm -hmm. he was consistent. Mm -hmm. He had two seasons that were excellent, and both of those were frustrating. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, they were pretty good. Mm -hmm. And that was Tommy's era in Tucson. They were pretty good. If you if you want to objectively look at the coaches for the last 60 or 70 years at Arizona, Larry Smith was better. You know, and uh, so I don't know about that. Larry Smith was better. For a third time, can you write by me again? Larry just in case. Larry I'm, Smith, I'm looking it up. Go ahead. Larry Smith was better. Okay. Okay. But Tommy was good. Hmm? You know, he 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 was a good coach who kept a program and and one of the things that happened is that nationally and this is fairly interesting. Nationally, people looked at Arizona and said, you guys are bitching about... You, you guys really think you can win football games at Arizona? Are you looking at what this guy's doing against USC and against UCLA and against a bunch of these, uh, you know... By the way, I'm going to stop you real quick, and I generally <clears throat> don't want to stop you real quick, but here's the deal. I don't want you to get a headache, that's for sure. But Larry Smith coached at the U of A for seven years. Mm-hmm. They finished ranked once. Get out of here. Once. What was there? Well, what did he do? Finish, uh, how many eight-win seasons did he have? Uh, he had two. That's not two out of seven. Not, much, not, different uh, than, uh, yeah. not much different than, uh, uh, well, Dick Tomey had a lot. All right, okay. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. You think Dick Tomey's better than Larry Smith? I think Fine. Dick Tomey is essentially Vince Lombardi for this argument. But go ahead. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, all right. What the hell was my argument again? I don't know. Let's take a quick break, and I'll tell you what. As you retrain, going back to your uh, thought, <sighs> I'm going to say one thing, though. If you ever wanted to bet on Dick Tomey, 
uh-huh. and about how many over-under wins they would have. The one place that you would have gone back then is betonline.ag. Now, a lot of people think betonline.ag is betonline.anthonygemino. It's not? It's not. Wait, what? BetOnline is not betonline.anthonygemino. No. Oh. I found it out last week. Unbelievable. But you know wow. what? I guess you're late to the party. Next you're going to tell me it's like Antigua or but something you know like what? that. When you're An- Larry Smith was... But when you're Anthony and you've moved on to much bigger things and you've left us producers and other people, you know, in the weeds, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably consuming some built Bars. And I don't think there's any doubt about it. I that. think it's safe to say that Anthony Gemino, when it comes to consuming built Bars, is the Vince Lombardi of built Bar consumption. Well, I don't think there's any way. Oh wait, were we talking about Bill Barr or BetOnline.ag? Well, I, can't I even think remember. both of them. Because, well, being that he already you've got me completely off my game. You know game. what? Let's take a quick break. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, now Schuster, here is my question. Now that okay. we now that we've talked about some of the uh, the the misrepresentations of the Dick Tomey era, what is if you were to give an the average Arizona football fan, and besides Nate Rady and maybe Bruno. I don't know that there's a ton of real big Arizona football fans. But if you were to say, you know what? You could have the Dick Tomey template for the next 12 years. You doing it? No. Okay, why not? Why not? Well, I mean, okay, let me go. What, what's the you, Dick Tomey template? So basically every about fifth year, you're going to be nationally relevant at the highest stage. And you know what? You might even sneak into the college football playoffs. Boom. Go. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to be a little bit better than Utah. Mm-hmm. What do you want to be, Oregon? Can't quite be Oregon, expect, right? No, I don't expect you to be Oregon, but I expect you to be... That's a great question. While you're thinking on that question, does the template model even work now since we don't even know what the future of college football is? No, it's not. And, 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 and for, for instance, one of, the big, one of the big things, and we talked about this a few podcasts ago, was... Arizona fans get stuck in their craw, the only team that's never been to the Rose Bowl in the Pac-10, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Of course, it's a it's a false number in that time Cal and I don't, Oregon State hadn't gone either. Uh, but it was now, does the Rose Bowl even matter? Does it matter if Arizona ever goes to the Rose Bowl? No, now? not at this point. So so it's a completely different, it's a completely different time frame, it's a completely different argument. So does the template work? I don't know. We can I think argue basically, generally speaking, I think, we're getting, in, I think we're getting into semantics here. Basically, what I'm telling you is that you're going to have about a top 10 team every ten, every five, almost every 10 years. Well, even <laughs> Just then. like Arizona. Right, yes. <laughs> no, you're going to have a top 10 team about every fifth year. And you know what? In between, you'll kind of hover around the top 25 a year or two. And you know what? You'll also probably have a couple of five-win seasons. I am not convinced this fan base would be okay with that after a while. Uh-huh. I don't know that they'd be okay with 14 years of it. Right. This feels like because you could argue that Stoops did that. You no, could argue you that Rodriguez no, did that. Stoops never had a year where he was ranked. He was year what? seven. Yeah, believe it or not, they that, never, that surprises they me because, never finished because ranked. the Fools, the Tuitama team was mm-hmm. at least at the end of the year top twenty-five good. Right. They Whether never, they weren't ranked or not, they were top twenty-five. Yeah, good. but they were never. Um, yeah, go ahead. The the Fools teams, they they were. They were knocking on the door of some pretty big things. Mm-hmm. And then it drifted off. Mm-hmm. So isn't that relatively similar? In a seven-year period. Stoops was here, what, seven or eight years? Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, until it completely unwrapped. The difference that let me Tony it, never had, let me that Stoops like, and Rodriguez both had, is that they hit rock bottom at let one me, point. I'll, I'll put it to you like this. I'm a big believer in the eye test. When you're smart, 
you trust with what your eyes tell you. I think the Dick Tomey's two best teams would have beat the snot out of any of Rich Rodriguez's team. Now, I like Rich Rodriguez. I don't argue that at all. To me, it was different. I know they had the one year where they went to the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think the Dick Tomey's Fiesta Bowl team would have killed them. And I also think that uh, our guy Kelvin Evon, Chris McAllister, Dennis Northcutt, I think that team would have smoked him as well. I think there was a different level of what Tomey's teams reached than what anybody has reached since then, even the... See, there, there, there were some... De- there were some. Oh, okay, all right. Anyway, because, sure, we could argue about the Foles and Gronkowski eras with uh, Arizona, and that though they they were knocking on the door of some pretty good things, and I think mm-hmm. they clearly had some good talent. No doubt. And I think they, they could have caused some problems. Um, but I'm not... I'm not convinced that this fan base, and maybe the fan base has turned over, so it's a lot more forgiving than I think, uh, is I think this fan base is frustrated by what Arizona is and doesn't want to be Utah. They want to, which is in essence, like we've talked about a number of times, the Dick Tomey template. But they want to be USC. They believe they can be USC because in basketball, they're USC or have been USC. Uh, so, so I think they view themselves in higher regard, and even if those expectations are unrealistic, I'm not convinced the fan base is going to take Tommy or the best of Stoops or the best of Rodriguez if you get 500 teams mixed in there as well. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I just don't know if that's going to be the case. I think there's going to be a lot of griping about it, mm-hmm. a lot more griping than there probably should be. And again, one of the things that was fascinating, I think, about the bubble that is Arizona is that the fan base itself is very has grand expectations and views itself as being in, in an ability where they can just win because they've won another sport. Oh, Bruno agrees. In, but nationally, the national reputation for Arizona football is lousy. People think, holy crap, you can win at Arizona, you're going to get some good jobs. <laughs> so, so, so it's an entirely different model. I think internal, and, and maybe, maybe you've got a better pulse on this than I do, in that I've been around here for so long that I remember what the Tommy attitude was. And so maybe I don't know, based on the last 20 years of mostly frustration, whether that has changed at all or not, mm-hmm. whether there has been turnover that has changed attitudes in regards to what Arizona football is. My instinct is, based on information gathered from the 1980s and the 1990s, Mm -hmm. is that this is a fan base that expects more than is probably realistic. Mm -hmm. You may have a different interpretation of that based on 20 years of most frustration, and maybe you're right. Right. Do you? Um... You know, I, I think we're at a different stage now, and I know this is really weird to say. I don't think people care. I think we're debating something that people actually don't even care about anymore, which is kind of sad, and I think it shows you where people, where where the program is at this stage. I think this, I think this program has been, or this fan base has been so beaten down by the, just the, let's be honest, just the ineptitude of Arizona football over the last twenty years. Sure, you had a couple good teams mixed in, but every single one had a massive flaw. McAvick was trash. Sorry, he was. Uh, someone was arguably even worse. Uh, Stoops got it going, got some talent, but at the end, you could kind of tell that he was also, he had some personal issues for sure. Rich Rod, I think, as we've talked about, nope, 
Rich Rod, I think, was the best coach of all of them, but Rich Rod didn't care about getting good players. So it's it's kind of been a comedy of errors in a lot of different ways. I think people right now are so detached from Arizona football that it's like, you know what? If you win a couple games, maybe I'll come uh, I'll come see you. But until then, buzz off. That's kind of where I look at it. And you know what? I don't want to tell any of you buzz off, but have a great weekend. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.